Hey, I'm Amanda Vernon. And I'm Father Matt Face, and this is We Should Pray. The podcast where we discuss how prayer transforms tragedy into comedy. In this episode, we are right here. We're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, today. Today. In this moment of all moments. Yeah. <laughs> and and we sing. Well, we have a friend who sings for us, and then yeah. our hearts sing along. Absolutely, they do. All right. I hope you enjoy. Vanity, vanities. We should pray. We should pray. Hey there. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to focus on what's in front of you. There's a segment of our book in which you wrote, It was difficult to spare time to focus on things that weren't right in front of me. End yeah. quote. What does that mean? What do you mean? It means I don't exactly relate I to mean. that. I don't relate to that at all. No? So if you could explain, <laughs> it was difficult to focus on things that were not right in front of me. Yeah, because the things that are in front of you are the things in your attention zone. Okay, so it's you, what you're saying is um, uh, to say it in a positive um, sentence. Yeah, you're saying it was easy. It was easier to focus on the things that were right in front of me. Yeah. Is yeah. that what you mean? Exactly. Well, I, I mean, understand. It was actively hard to focus on the things that weren't there, but yes. Uh, okay. Easier in uh, relatively. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah, I think it's easy too. Also, to focus on the things that are in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, because like if I don't like the things in front of me, I just go to the place where the things are that change I want to see. I just change what's <laughs> see, in front of me. Yeah, I, I, I'm I right in front of both of you guys right now. <laughs> well, I like you. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, but that's like, no, that's exploiting the system. <laughs> if you're the one, if you're moving to a different thing. <laughs> that's not the same. That's not That's the not same. what you no. were talking about. No, no, no. Okay, fine. Um... In reality, it is hard for me. Is that somewhat honest? That sounds a lot more to honest. To focus getting, on the things right closer. in front of me. Well, because I like to plan things. I love planning things. I love like planning things in the future. Yeah. I call it coordination nation. Yeah. Are you in the nation? Coordination nation. You know, like you just got like all the pieces and the moving, you know, That's... schedules. <laughs> Your, on purpose? On purpose so you like that? <laughs> now this doesn't make a lot of sense for me with Amanda because on one hand she wants to like plan like she's saying, but then on the mm-hmm. other she wants spontaneity. <laughs> she'll say I'm You look, I have a lot of oh, desires, yeah. okay? Yeah. All right? It's yeah. It's, it's complicated. Okay, thank would, you. Would you say that that she likes planning more than executing the plans? Is that a part of it or no? Like the planning part is fun for her, but then like when it comes time to do the thing that was planned, like let's just plan something else. Maybe. I mean, there's some times where plans, she realizes she, you know, overbooked it or whatnot mm-hmm. and we get in it and she's like, uh, never mind. But <laughs> I don't know. You'll have, to, you'll have to ask her. I will tell is you. Is it just because she likes you. to say that no, she's planning here's, it here's out? Here's the thing. Okay, Without yeah. plans, there can be no spontaneity. <laughs> So spontaneity is a is a departure from what you already planned to do. Yeah, that's how I feel. So about a lot of things you but make the we plans, conflict. and mm-hmm. then in the moment you might not enact those plans. That means there's a standard. There's a consistency. Exactly. Yeah, and I like 
I like making the plan. I just don't like making the plan when I feel like the other person involved is going to hold me to that plan because then it negates <laughs> the possibility for spontaneity. That, that there's a lot of it's layers. It's too complicated. <laughs> All right, we don't have to. We don't have to um, continue down this path of my mind. <laughs> um, but what I what I <laughs> no time like the present. That's right. Let's focus on it. How it's right here in front uh, of us. Okay. All right. Let's. You know when I knew that we were friends, uh, like really that? close, like we were close friends. It's when you invited me to your final profession. Yeah. But it wasn't like the actual invite. It was the email, the heads up email. Yeah, okay. That's what I knew because you sent out this email oh, yeah, that was... I remember this. Yeah. She read it to me. This yeah. is before we asked you to be Mercedes Godfather because I... And then right. once you sent it, I was like, oh, we're good friends. Maybe he should be the Godfather. <laughs> um, see, you sent an email to me mm-hmm. and to a number of people right? saying, just want to let you know that my final profession is coming up Mm -hmm. and then after that ordination and then you said like if you're on this list it's because (laughs) you have maintained our friendship (laughs) yes and then i I looked and there were like three other people that you sent it to and two of those are married to each other yeah (laughs) yeah i remember that quite clearly now (laughs) yeah yeah the the point being like if if you're this close to me, it's because of the work that you have done to stay to close to me. To be in front of you. Yeah. I remember I told David about this, and he's like, do you remember that? You were like, this works out really well for him being a priest. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, you were like, you're like, because he can just stay at the rectory, and then people can just come to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like, for, for me too, like, with, since I'm more introverted, I kind of like when people... Like, if they start it, I can build off of it. Right, exactly. But if nobody comes up and makes that initial introduction, maybe we could be friends, but it would Probably. it's a lot harder because yeah. it's going against the grain. <sighs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that See, helps. I'm the initial introduction person. Yeah, Amanda is great because she just connects me to the mm-hmm. people and then, and then we I'm become like, here, friends from there. Meet your yeah. new friends. <laughs> Father Matt, David. You're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, okay. I'm looking for a friend. Can you find one for me? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's a gift of mine to be able to look ahead. Absolutely. Um, but I, I also acknowledge the gift that it would be to stay in the present moment more um, naturally, happily, yeah. uh, easily. So, yeah, that sounds convincing. <laughs> you know what? We should pray. He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Please. So today we're going to pray. Very exciting. With Jesse Manabusan. Yes. Jesse, recording artist, Mm -hmm. fellow recording artist, that is, uh, Catholic evangelist. He's also like a father figure to me in the faith. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So we're going to bring him on board to lead us in song. He's our first musical guest. 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 Yeah, musical because we already have some musical Yeah, we have a musical pieces. host. Yeah. Or yeah, two yeah, yeah. or three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Welcome everyone. Let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
to this present moment, this wonderful moment of grace. In this wonderful season of Lent, you give us a way by which we can slow down, stop and take a look at where we are in our relationship with you and with one another. And we thank you, we bless you. Open our hearts. Open our hearts, Lord. Help us to love like you. Help us to love like you. Open our hearts, Lord. Help us to love. Help us to love. And we say all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Ah, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's so good to see you. Great to see you, my gosh. <laughs> Man, you know. Great to, it's great to see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but especially right. you two. Especially yeah. you two. So I don't know if you've met Father Matt face in person, but uh, I have. I have not. It's so good to meet you face to face in the virtual reality. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's wonderful to meet you now. It's wonderful. And I, I mentioned to you, Jesse, but uh, so many times when Father Matt and I give a talk together or some kind of reflection moment. Um, in person, we I will sing the song. That song all yeah. the time, like every time, every time. Uh, and so it works every time. Yeah, yeah. So that means so much. And it's beautiful. That was such a moving prayer. Um, and Jesse, you know, I quote you all the time, like all the time. I wrote, I wrote some notes here. I don't know if you'll remember these words, but um, I remember when I asked you about this, you invited me to. To join you for a little cameo on stage at LA Congress. We've done that a couple of times, I think. But you the, the title of the event that you were presenting was like something about stress, finding God in moments of stress, like God speaks. Yes. Yeah. And you had this litany called Life is Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I remember some of the lines. I don't know if you recall. You said it was, it, Yeah, go ahead. What I remember is like, <laughs> if you don't have any friends, 
Life is stressful. <laughs> if you have too many friends. Life is stressful. Yeah. Life is stressful. <laughs> and God is good. <laughs> God is, if, you, if you don't have any money. Life is stressful. If you never think you could ever have too much money. <laughs> like, man, that was genius. Oh. And Well, well, you know what, Amanda? Thank you for remembering that. I... Since I'm 127, that's tough <laughs> to remember all that stuff. Uh, but I do, I do remember um, our first meeting. I oh, remember yeah. the, the subsequent wonderful moments of grace where I'd see you at a conference and we'd connect. And any opportunity to get you on that stage, girl. Hey, thank you. Because you are a bright, shining light. It was Iowa, right? The first time we met. Yes, it was. Conference and I met your there. dad. You were there with your dad. My dad, yeah. And my dad, man, he was just, he was so excited. And we were all excited to meet you. But I think, like, father to father, he just saw how you were looking out for me in ministry. And he real. I think to, for him, he also realized it's not just him looking out for me in this ministry, you know, that there are going to be other um, others who I can look up to as mentors and even father figure in the faith. And I, I, I feel like that really set his heart at ease as well as I, as I was growing into, into my ministry. Um, wow. another, something else that we quote, like in my family, my dad and my siblings and I, um, was from that meeting with you. And we went out to dinner afterward and my friend was there, Christine, and she's a mime. Okay. And she would do like an interpretive. She's a real mom. She's a real like okay. white the face yeah. and the black outfit. Yeah. Okay, and I would sing, and she would like do this dance, and and sometimes it was comedic, and sometimes it was heartwarming. And so she, but I remember we were discussing. She's like super health freak, also like everything healthy, like eat vegetables all. And you were saying to her like, Christine, why don't you get some dessert? Because we were at this restaurant. <laughs> like, I don't need dessert. And you're like, Christine. She's like, I already had dessert today. And you're like, in some places of the world, it's already tomorrow. <laughs> and But there was this That's one true. line that you said to her after she went on and on about it. And you said, Christine, be a mime. Wow. Comedic passive aggressive. <laughs> So my dad repeats that regularly to us kids. He'll be like, you know what? Be a mime. <laughs> uh, my work here is finished. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, I'm also Pleasure. wondering about your thoughts. Uh, we were in a music video together, Jesse. Do you remember this? During the pandemic, we were. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you definitely were. Oh my gosh. And you know what? People really love that video. (laughs) And all I did, again, I called up my granddaughter and go, how am I supposed to do this? (laughs) And um, and then I wasn't sure who was all going to be on it. And then when I finally saw it, I thought, oh, it's a family reunion. It's like a family reunion of evangelizers. And I felt so, so touched. Right. And then seeing your face on there and hearing your voice, I thought, oh. Thank you. Go ahead. Keep it, keep it going, girl. Keep <laughs> it going. So, you know, as I'm, we're recording this during Lent in 2021, it'll probably come out later into the future. Um, but our theme today is how to focus on what's in front of you. And so thank you again for your beautiful prayer, which always, always calls me into 
the present moment right. um, to see God's face like right now, not that I'm planning ahead. Um, so I just, I was going to ask for your advice, Jesse, because I've, I've heard you speak so many times, especially to to young people and the young church. And um, I have, I have a question for you about my own life. Um, and you know, cause I, I'm not really the greatest at just like staying in the present moments. Um, I'm a runner. I run all the time whenever I can. And I noticed that even growing up, I was always like so happy. And a lot of it is because I was planning ahead. I was planning for my life as an adult one day and like all the things I was going to do. And I like prepared, um, which I, I see there's a lot of good things about mm-hmm. that. And, uh, um, and yet Here's the honest thing is like, I get scared, Jesse, like when I'm just in the moment and have to just like stay still. I'm like, I don't know how to, that's like an emotionally underdeveloped part of myself. (laughs) So do you have any words of wisdom or even encouragement to share with me about like finding God in those moments of like, can't Mm. keep running? Well, I think, first of all, I just want to tell you, I love your vulnerability, your rigorous honesty, and your heroic humility. Not a lot of people would say, I'm going to say this publicly. (laughs) 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 But I, I, I just want, I appreciate that because, you know, I'm, I'm way older than you and you're, and both of you are way younger than, than me. Did I say that correctly, Mochi? Yeah, I think that's Mochi's in my head now. Yeah. Um, And I think that there's, I think part of it is just developmentally, like we have seasons of life in our earlier age, in our teens, in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our our wiring changes as we grow with life experience and, Mm -hmm. and such. And eventually we eventually we come to this realization that, hey, I know what monkey brain means. It means that I'm living, I'm spinning, constantly spinning, trying to, and well, and it's a good intention, trying to navigate and see a couple of moves ahead, a couple of moves right. Mm-hmm. And that, but then it, and then just the complexity of life and the, and the beautiful complexity of this wonderful brain that God has given us. Just, just there's a shadow side to it. How do we live in life from day to day, dealing and navigating complexity and joy and sorrow and, and just all that life brings. And I would say our, our Lord, he, he always gives us, he always gives us um, a direction. He'll say, Amanda, Father Matt, you need to get on a boat and get away from all them people because them human beings, they will drive you nuts. Um, so part of it is, and I say that uh, obviously jokingly, but for me, for me as a 60 year old human being evangelizer um, who struggles with depression and struggles with grief, I find that my relationship with God is like the first, foremost, forever thing to be engaged with. That when I when I go to sleep, the last thing I I 
the last thing, the last conversation I have is, God, we got through this. Thank you for leading me through it. Thank you for, for, for encouraging me, for, for helping me get unstuck. Thank you for helping me grow. Thank you for the rest that I'm about to take. Thank you for inspiring me to not bring my computer or my phone to my sleeping area. <laughs> thank you for that. And, and, I, and I thank you for the energy that I will bring to serve you the next day. So, and then I greet the day with a very similar prayer. Thank you, God, that last night wasn't my last night. Thank you for healing my legs. Thank you for giving me um, a, a body that continues to heal a heart, a mind, and a spirit that continues to heal. Thank you for inspiring me to lead, to, to, to only lead as long as I'm following you and for always catching me when I tend to go on automatic pilot. So I, I begin and end the day with the prayer of Thanksgiving and throughout the day, sometimes if I, I'm at 62, I've caught myself when I can tell I'm juggling, not only juggling, but I'm spinning plates. Yeah. I don't know if you're old enough to know what that is, spinning plates when, <laughs> yeah. And so, that's that monkey brain thing where we're just spinning with things that we have to do, should have done, could have done, didn't do. Um, and when I catch myself now doing that, mm -hmm. I I can name it and say, oh, Jesse, that's your your ego. You need to stop. You need to check in <laughs> with God. Just need to check in with God. No. And sometimes that is just a chorus of a song that I wrote called Santa Maria Kamalin. Bring me to Jesus, bring me in to holy presence, holiness, Santa Maria. So it might be that centering prayer. It might simply be, inhale, exhale, seven breaths or whatever it takes for me to finally get back out of monkey brain. <laughs> monkey brain works when we really need to have monkey brain going yeah. you're a mama you know what i'm talking about father matt you know what it is as a priest day-to-day -day stuff it's it is a gift it is not a burden mm. but every gift has a shadow side so breathe pray constantly <laughs> constantly absolutely Amen. and it's and especially to be present because if anything, life will do, and and all of those things, it'll it'll pull us from the the present moment. It it'll pull us from that moment of grace. Amen. Thank you so much, Jesse. You're welcome. How can people learn more about you, your ministry, your music? Well, um, I think they can they can find out a lot about a lot of about me from ocp.org my publisher they they have my events and uh and then they could see me on facebook live at you know my jesse manabusen music right. jesse manabusen on facebook live but um yeah just and then just have everybody call me don't <laughs> all the conversation right yeah <laughs> all the conversation all right. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Thanks again. Hope to see you soon. <laughs>
All right, my friend. Blessings to you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Remember when we discussed the target market for our ministry? Uh, I do. Well, it was like specifically about When God Wrecks Your Romance, our book. Yeah. We were talking about the book. Because it it mattered, right? Like how... How explicit could we be about certain things? And, yeah, I mean, like who, who were we right? talking to? Yeah. What was the audience yeah. for the book? But then it kind of spilled over to saying like, well, if we're going to give events based on this story, like who's who's the target market? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember your answer? Um, yes. The, my, my target market then and, and now is uh, whoever's in front of me. <laughs> I remember you said that. I'm like, no, that's not a target market. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, who... Who am I invested in? The person who's in front of me. That's yeah. That's it. it sounds nice and priestly. Um, I remember saying like, "How about non-practicing Catholic millennials?" And then you were like, "Yeah, I mean, they don't often come to the church. <laughs> it's harder for them to be in front of me." But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, at the time that we're filming this, mm-hmm. almost everyone who's in front of me, and by that I mean on social media, because when do we ever go anywhere, is a non-practicing Catholic millennial. Because they're millennials and they're Catholic, pretty much Probably they're, they're not, not practicing because they're not even obliged to go to mass these days. So is that funny that it's like it like the thing what you said. The, the thing I said came you, true. Yeah, the thing that you said <laughs> came true. Yeah. But what I what I find um, comforting mm-hmm. about that is like um, that we don't have to like force it. Like who who do we need to get in front of with oh, this yeah. message that God has given us? Yeah. Like yeah, a like campaign. We we, we got to need to identify them, <laughs> and then we need to take our message and cram it in front of their eyeballs wherever they are. <laughs> Find out where they are. We've identified you as our target market. As our target market. market. Yeah, so that was that's kind of um, comforting. But mm-hmm. I thought for today, when we're talking and praying about focusing on what's in front of us, um, we could do that. Because we always do the title. Like, we enact the title of yeah. our episode as it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, what we're talking about. It's, like, what we're well, we, we actually have to go through we those go steps. We go through it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. sometimes fun and <laughs> sometimes other things, depending on the title. And sometimes other things. So so what I did mm-hmm. uh, was I reached out to a few people who we have been in front of with our story mm-hmm. um, to kind of just like get their feedback and also to ask them, like, what do you guys think we should talk about on our podcast? Because we've been recording a lot of episodes, but we haven't yet, at the time of this filming, had much, like, interaction with uh, listeners. Right, yeah. Because we don't have any listeners yet when we're recording this. We still haven't released any episodes. Correct. Correct. However, by the time this... By the time this is being listened to, we de facto have listeners. Yeah, at least my mom. Yeah. And so... (laughs) <laughs> so here are 10 questions from your mom <laughs> <laughs> so first we have we have uh, a voice message from Jackie who we met in person um, when we were in Northern California mm-hmm. she and some friends drove all the way from Antioch California yeah. down to Palo Alto and which is like a couple of hours without traffic and um they bought books, and we uh, 
We laughed with them. That sounds right. Yeah. So yeah. here's what here's what Jackie has to say. You want me to show her picture too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we have a picture of we'll our, put her picture of our book while, signing while we're listening to her question. Okay. She's one of the twins. <laughs> yeah. That, that's at least you what, said which one? I was like, I don't. That's what Amanda said. <laughs> I don't know in that picture. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hi, everyone. My name is Jackie from Northern California. I am just so thankful for this book, genuinely. Um, When God Wrecks Your Romance has been a book that opened the door of healing in my heart. Truly and honestly, I've never read anything in my life that made me feel so seen, heard, and validated as a young woman, as a young adult who desires to be pursued, loved, and and cherished ultimately and to have a family one day, sometimes I do tend to settle and tend to just question myself if I'm worthy of what the Lord has promised me. But after reading this book, I've I'm just so moved and, and convicted that um his plans for me are greater than anything. And I just wanted to ask, um for me, I, I never really heard the word infatuation before. And it's been something new. I just wanted to know, how do you discern whether a person is infatuated or in love? How do you know if someone's in love with someone's potential Mm. or in love for the person who they are? Mm. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for the kind words. I mean, it's really moving to hear like the impact that our our story had on you and I attribute that to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And um, in answer to your question, you know, I, I like how you said, like, do you, are you in love with their potential mm-hmm. and, or are you in love with who they really are? And so I kind of want to answer this from a couple of angles. I remember myself with my grandpa right now. I'd ask him a question. He'd be like, he'd look at it like in his mind's eye. He's like, and then he'd walk me around the question. Let's look at it from this side. Awesome. And now from the other side. Yeah. So, um, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> first of all, I think there is truth and goodness in being excited about someone's potential. Being excited about the potential that the two of you have together. I mean, as I was saying in this episode, like I get really excited about the future and plans and I often have a vision for how things can be. I can imagine like this bright and shining future or the potential that I see in others and situations. And that's, I believe, a gift from God. And so I don't think it's a bad thing or a necessarily uh, an inauthentic thing to be, to to fall in love with the idea of what can be. The, the, the question is, do you stay there? Do you stay mm-hmm. with the idea and cling to your imagination of, of what this relationship could be or what the, who the person is? Or do you allow that excitement to lead you into really receiving reality as it unfolds? And so I think that's where you see the difference between infatuation and love. It's like... Um, it's like learning who the other person is as they are right now and then being willing to journey with them. And so, and looking at it from another 
angle, I think one really helpful way to move from either to move from infatuation into love or to differentiate between the two is to spend time with the person. Like, Mm -hmm. Preferably in person, because especially right now we spend so much time online or texting or just like seeing a picture and then just exchanging words, you know, electronically. But to be able to really be in that person's presence, you are are forced to <laughs> contrast like what's in your mind's eye about this person with who they are like right in front of you. And so, you know, I mean, I think to, to enter into that, those conversations, especially like, let's say there's somebody who you've only been talking to online and you're like, okay, we need to meet in person. I would also just advise that you're willing to let go of your concept of who the person is and to receive who they really are. Because if you walk in like, I'm sure it's going to be like this. I'm sure this relationship is going to unfold in a certain way. Then you could try to like force that person into that box. Into, yeah, into the mold that you've made, which um, if they try to fit that mold, that's probably not going to be good for them. That's not going to be good for them. And, um, you know, if they're just, if... Otherwise, you are also setting yourself up for, you know, your that image to be crushed in a way that is probably it needs to be. But you could maybe circumvent that whole process by you know being open um, to to that to who God made that person to be. Yeah, well said. Well yeah, thanks. Said. I think another piece of anytime we're examining love. And questioning, like, is this really love or is this something else? Um, and I like the distinction with infatuation because that's um, that can be a, a beautiful and positive thing, right? That's not like morally good or bad either way, right? Right to feel infatuation, yeah, right. It just, yeah, if it keeps you from love, yeah, right, 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 yeah, exactly. But my my uh, one of the the good things, the good tests with love is. Um, is this about how you feel and how this person, like what this person does to you, or is your concern for the other, for the good of the other, right? Mm-hmm. And love is always going to bring us to, to a greater concern for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, if, if like the feelings that we're having with infatuation is just like, man, this is exciting for me when I'm around them, right? Mm-hmm. That can, that can maybe point that it's, um, it's not yet deep enough. I don't know. Does if, that it's make only, sense? if it's only about yourself and how you feel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Well, is this good for the other person?" You're like, "Meh." Yeah, <laughs> and that's where that like being together is can be so helpful because mm-hmm. it it breaks down those um, like imaginations that we have about it, and and then we can actually see, well, what is this about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also have. A voice memo from Father Kevin. He's going to introduce himself and kind of explain how he came, well, to meet me and then to know about our story as well. Wonderful. Hello, my name is Father Kevin Fox. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Cleveland, serving at the parish of St. Bernadette in Westlake, Ohio. I've been ordained a priest for almost two years now. I had the good fortune of meeting Amanda when she came into town to visit one of my uh, my classmates, good friend and classmate, his parish, 
and she was giving a concert there, and I had the chance to meet with her, and I was uh, I was very uh, very impressed by her, and I got it. I decided that I was going to pick up and read the book that I know she that she co-authored with her good friend Father Matt Face. I thoroughly enjoyed reading the book, and I was struck by the amazing grace of God at work. Each and every person is unique, and their story and their struggles are their own. Mm-hmm. However. It is the same spirit who works within each and every one of us, so so many of the elements remain constant between us. My heart ached for your young hearts. Everything in your story redounds to God's glory, but I can hear so much of the pain that comes with it, and I wish that that pain was easier to bear. At the same time, I know from experience how the depth of love makes all things bearable and even joyful. Mm-hmm. I recall when you both related the story of your admission of longing for one another, relating so much to my my brother priest, Father Matt. Celibacy is hard and is frightening until we allow our hearts to be seized. Then our celibate love, united with Christ's own, becomes fruitful in ourselves and the world in a dramatic and powerful fashion. But before that choice becomes concrete, we have this natural tendency to look for anything else, any way away from the cross. Even after making a series of deliberate, concrete, joy-filled choices to embrace celibate love, it can still be painful. Shortly after I was ordained a deacon and thus promised to celibacy, I saw for the first time in years a woman that I had pined for, even while I was in seminary. And I saw her with her fiancé. I was thrilled to see her. But sometime later, I called a good friend and told him, Today is the first day that I really feel celibate. I went back to my room after I saw her, and I entered prayer before the crucifix, and I sobbed. Then I got up, and I was a new man, and I felt more free than ever to love our Lord, his church, and even the woman herself than I had ever dared to dream. My question for the two of you is this. As Christians, we are always called to love more. All things in moderation, except for charity, love. Always more. A while back, I was watching a film about a monastery, and there were two nuns who had a particular bond and were being chastened for the style of their relationship. One of them said to the other, I guess we will have to learn to love each other less. I wanted to throw my shoe through the screen. (laughs) To the casual observer, it may seem that, Father Matt and Amanda, that you had to learn to love each other less. But my strong suspicion is that the opposite is true that over the years you have, in fact, learned to love each other more. Could you speak into that experience, what that looks like for you two to love each other more now? Father Kevin, well said. That's uh, a, be- a beautiful um, cutting question and uh, a great a great setup there. Um, yeah. All things in moderation, even moderation. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, what, what your what your question first makes me think about is um, a, a a line from scriptures that I went back to time and again, as especially as we were beginning um, writing the book, mm-hmm. um, and it's Christ saying, um, "Love one another." as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you, right? We're commanded to love. Um, 
So it's not it's not an option for us as Christians. We have to love. And how do we love like Christ loves us? Mm-hmm. And to know, I, I know uh, somewhat of how much God loves me and it's um, mind-bogglingly beautiful and, and powerful, right? The depths of God's love for me. So we're, we're commanded to love that way. So yes, it is always more love. The answer is never loving less, um, but always loving more. Uh, so I would say a- absolutely through our, um, through our experience of giving talks together and all of this, writing the book and doing this stuff now, um, you know, anytime that there's like friction between us or like some, some question about, is this right? Or should we be moving in a different direction? Um, there's always the temptation to love less, right? Boy, it'd be easier if we just didn't do this at all. Um, mm. But for me, it's it's constantly feeling the Holy Spirit saying like, no, this is this is ministry that I, I want you to be doing. And in order to do that, you need to love others as I love you. Mm-hmm. So it's always, always loving more. What about your spiritual director? When you were asking him about your friendship yeah. with me and like, yeah, that's is it yeah. okay how close we are? Especially, we were becoming even closer as we were writing about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I was talking with my spiritual director a lot um, at, at that time, and I had um, wonderful, wonderful spiritual director, Father Dick, uh-huh. and he he asked me very pointedly, you know, as I was kind of like complaining about this burden of love. Um, and he said, well, <laughs> would you rather be accused of loving too much or too little? I thought, oh, man, well, the, well it's got to be too much, right? Like, like if the generosity that God has loved us with, if we're called to use that, then, then to be told that we're loving too little is, um, is a grand indictment on us as Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, we have one more. This is a note from someone on Instagram who we have I haven't met in person, and so I really believe that the Lord is leading us in in ministry, but leads each of us as individuals um, into those relationships that he ordains mm-hmm. like that it's it's providential who we talk to and who we see each day um and even and i found a great blessing even in pouring more of my work into like social media at first it seems so shallow but then you realize like oh these are real people <laughs> who are like also on social media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's been a blessing to see who ends up being in in front of me um and vice versa like some of some of the interactions are just really really life-giving and so um this person wishes to remain anonymous but she sent us a note and a question so i'm hoping that david maybe you could read what she has to say she says hi amanda and father matt i seriously dated a guy uh, i seriously dated a great guy that i thought for sure i was going to marry Turns out God had other plans and he is now in seminary. It's been really tough seeing him on the way to his new vocation. 
He seems to be so happy and confident in his path. Meanwhile, I've been on bad first date after bad first date for the past several years. Do you have any tips on how to pray through this frustration? I try to surrender my disappointment to God, but it's hard. Anonymous, via the gram. Yeah, that's tough. What do you think? Um, keep picking up the cross of love. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a cross that she loves him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I mean. <clears throat> <laughs> Holy cross. Holy cross. <laughs> Holy cross. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, often, right, we talk about love and it's, um, it's beautiful and it's fun and it's exciting. Um, but uh, love hurts. So now I'm singing a song in my head, but that's not where I'm going. <laughs> uh, but like that, the, the, the heartache is as much a part of committing to love as the joy right right and even the even if you experience the love with someone where you were expressing that care for each other and then you move into a season where you need to love them from a distance as in you mm-hmm. you desire the best for that person and and the way to love them is to let them go then even the the Sometimes the ache that's left over from that, the complication in the case of of this person who's asking for our advice, you know, like the sort of emptiness Mm -hmm. that she observes versus where he's going. Like all of those things are connected to the fact that you cared about this person. It's like a result of that. Um, And I don't think... And I know neither of us are going to say, like, follow these three steps and then you will feel better today. Oh, sorry. But maybe you could speak um, in closing to mm-hmm. um, to this person, but also to those who are listening. Um, when, we, when we think about, like, how to focus on what's in front of you, uh, what if it's difficult? <laughs> like, what if the thing in front of you, a yeah. situation, is just, like, one that you don't, you don't want to be looking at? Like, you'd rather be somewhere else. Like, how do you... How can we look at that through the lens of divine providence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Christ calls us to pick up our cross daily and follow him. And if, again, if he's calling us to do it, it's going to be possible for us, right? So um, we don't need to like yeah. search high and low to discover like, oh, what is my cross? Probably, <laughs> probably, you know, at least one of your crosses Already, it's right, right in front of you. <laughs> right there. There it is. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the, the, the beauty, though, of following Christ's commands, picking up the cross, is, is recognizing that right now, this thing hurts, right? Yeah. And if I'm going to f- keep doing this and follow Christ, follow his providence, his guidance, mm-hmm. um, it's... Like for the foreseeable future, it's probably going to hurt too, right? Um, 
But our, our faith tells us that it is that cross, Christ's cross, that redeems us, right? So it's through that that we come to redemption, that we come to, to fullness and beauty and healing and, and re- recognizing that it was through carrying that cross all along that we can get here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when we're carrying a cross, we're walking with Christ, right? As he carries his cross. That's, that's not so a bad not like place alone. to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're with there he Jesus. Is, right there, right there with us. Um, and hopefully we can look back on our lives and see moments where this is, this pattern's happened already, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's been difficult and we've stayed faithful and we've seen now in looking back, we can see how Christ was with us right in the midst of those struggles, um, in the midst mm-hmm. of the pain or in whatever hindsight. it might be. In, in hindsight, yeah, yeah, right? Like looking back on these things, we can recognize, yes, like, it was hard, and Christ was walking with me, even though I didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. And if we have that um, that faith and hope of this continuing, of Christ being faithful to his promises, which he is, then at some point in the future, we'll be able to look back on this moment, on today, in retrospect, mm-hmm. and recognize, yes. Christ is here with me in this cross as well. Even if I can't see him right now, I believe firmly that someday in the future, I will be able to look back and recognize um, Christ, his presence, his love guiding me through this moment. So I guess um, as far as advice, uh, keep hoping, keep trusting in God's in God's love for you, in his providence, and in his guidance in your life, uh, and in his faithfulness always. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much to Amanda Vernon patrons, those friends, family members of mine who support my music mission and therefore our children. Feed the Children Fund. Um, if you'd like to become a patron and join the family, visit amandavernon.com slash patron. Thank you also to uh, the Congregation of Holy Cross for the support uh, you've given me and the fact that you give me a place to sleep. <laughs> right. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. <laughs>